0: Welcome to the Self-Made Writers Podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from KimAndersonConsulting.com, and I'm here to give you your regular dose of writing adrenaline. I'm really excited today to have Blythe Daniels from was it Daniels or Daniel? I always screw it up. That's okay. Uh, Just singular. Singular. I don't know why I always add an s. Okay. (laughs) I'm really excited. Um, I'm really excited today to have Blythe Daniel. Uh, She was my literary agent when I got my book deal, and um, I just wanted to ask her for her time to see if she would come on the show and chat with us, kind of about the current state of the traditional publishing industry, and to give us an insight into that, because I think it's an ever-changing thing, um, just probably based on the way technology changes and self-promotion changes. Um, So thank you so much, Blythe, for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Excited to join you. Um, Okay, so we'll just start with some basic questions. Um, First question is, uh, tell us just a little bit about you and what you do, your agency, anything you want to share?
1: So I'm Blythe Daniel and uh, I started my agency, the Blythe Daniel Agency in 2005. And I primarily help authors take a book idea and turn that into um, a book project that I can then submit to publishers and try to get a contract for them. So that entails me looking at their initial idea, um, giving feedback on a book proposal, asking for more details or asking perhaps even for a different way for the book to be framed, just because there may be several other books on the same topic. How can we make yours stand out? And so helping writers go through that process of defining who the audience is and how they will market the book all of that, and then the, the work of pitching to a publisher comes at that point, but it, it's primarily investing in a writer that I see potential for, um, and then helping them get their book contracted, and then all the way through to the point where it's getting released, um, published to the world, you know, what questions come up between contract and publication. And and even beyond that, you know, looking back at what went well, what what could we have done better um, with the publisher, what could the publisher have done differently. So it's really a full circle process from idea to publication, and then potentially other books that would come after that.
0: Yeah. And I know, like, um, when I started working with you, Like in hindsight, when it was all said and done, I was like, there's really like, I'm not sure if there is any way that on my own, I really would have had the knowledge or understanding of what needed to be refined (laughs) um, and clarified to the point where it was really in any in any position to be presented to a publisher. So that was something I found really, really valuable. Um, I think a lot of times people are like, well, what do I need a what do I need an agent for? Like I don't want a middleman, blah, 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 blah. But I know that um and when I met you, um, I was at a writing conference in North Carolina, and there was a gal that had kind of been my mentor for the weekend, and uh, I knew that she had been, tr- you know, traditionally published multiple times, and so I went and asked her. I was like, you know, people are saying the agent concept is a good idea. Like what are your thoughts? And she was like, it is the way to go. You know, she's just like, they help you navigate contracts, like when you don't understand things, they're, they're, you know, you're basically the advocate for the author. Um and, you know, you've got skin in the game because what the author gets, you, you know what I mean? Like you're getting some portion of that. And so you definitely want to go to bat um for the author. And so I just found that like extremely helpful. Um I was really glad that I made the decision to try to pursue an agent and um, I'm glad that I got to work with you because you were an excellent um, mentor and agent for the entire process and like I just know in hindsight like the number of revisions that we went through and refining of that journey like was so vital in that whole process Um, and it made me a better writer overall so I really enjoyed that journey with you. So what do you feel like really like, uh, given the way publishing works, what do you feel like are the pros of getting an agent? I mean, I've listed a few from a uh, perspective of the writer who's actually done it, but do you have any others you would add?
1: Yeah. And thank you so much for that, Kim. Cause I certainly loved just our initial conversations and then watching your book get published all the way through and just you being such a student of what you were writing and then marketing it, your champ. So I, I love <laughs> That process with you. And, and I think that's, to me, part of the value of an agent is, is a relationship with somebody in the publishing industry that has your back. As you said, it's, it's somebody that's an advocate for you as an author. And so I think one of the things that's helpful that an agent brings to the process is experience in the publishing industry. So for instance, people that um, are real estate agents, they know the market, they know what the value of a home is right now. They know they know things that are in the contract that you might not know needs to be there it doesn't need to be there. And so I think that when you look at the experience of an agent and what they have spent a good part of their life doing um that's just helpful. It's it's like getting, you know, um um, fast-tracked to where you need to be without you having to gain that experience on your own. And so the experience of the marketplace, what's selling, what's not selling, it just saves time in that initial stage. But then also like, Agents get better contracts for authors and that's proven. Um, we know what to ask for. Or we know what the going rate of certain projects are, what types of projects. And so agents are really able to negotiate um, for a client in a way that that client doesn't have that negotiating power. A lot of, you know, first time writers, especially don't know what the value is of what they're what they're publishing and what they could potentially get for that project. So I think that the agent is able to bring in the expertise of the marketplace plus contracts but also to be there for you so that you can stick to the business of writing and the agent can help with the business side of things. I spend most of my time responding to publishers or to, to authors who have a problem or an issue that needs to be resolved or getting on a Zoom call or whatever it may be to help resolve an issue. And so you have that in an agent that comes with the package. Um, so you're paying for our time basically to help on the front end, develop yeah. the concepts And get it to a publisher and negotiate a contract. But then also as things come up and inevitably they do, then then we're your we're your person that can go to the publisher on your behalf or with you. Um, And so I, I think those are the reasons that people do choose an agent. And these days, most publishers are saying that they won't look at a concept unless you have an agent. And yeah. I have publishers that will, will contact me and say, hey, um, we have a project that we're really interested in, but we're not going to look at it until this person has an agent. Gotcha. And so even though we've already made contact with this writer, we won't consider it further unless this person gets an agent. And would you be willing to look at the project? So publishers are really seeing that they, they want to do business. They want to work with an agent who knows their house, who knows what they're looking for and can be really somebody that can speak to the author, um, without the publisher having to be the one that's always going to the author, they can count on the agent being able to have conversations and sometimes difficult conversations with, with an author.
0: Yeah. And I think that that was a big thing too, was, um, just pointing out that oftentimes agents are like a vetter, like they mm-hmm. vet the, the, the writers. So it's almost like When your proposal goes on the desk, because there is an agent connected with it, they are already giving you not necessarily more attention, but it's going to be easier to get their attention because they know that if this has gone through an agent, that an agent has put you through the ringer, most likely. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) true. That's another good point. And that book
0: is ready to be reviewed. You know what I mean? And I think that was the big thing, like with me, like the realization that I got to was like, if we had not been through that refining process, like me just putting whatever I originally had on their desk would not have made it far. Um, because even though I had actually sat down and talked to a publisher directly, which ended up being the exact one I worked with, um, you know, like, I don't feel like my, I don't feel like my book would have been ready to be reviewed by them. And so that's one of the things that was really thankful for was just having, um, you there as like a guide through that entire journey, because I felt like, when it went out,
1: I was like, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> like, I have done
0: everything I can do at this
1: point. So. Yeah, thank you. That's a good point. I mean, they do expect that an agent will go through um, with a project and and not send it until it's ready. And I think that's where, you know, I spend a bulk of my time is is helping prepare um, a project before it goes to a committee because we only get one chance to make a first impression. And so we want that to be as strong as possible. I don't want them to have to come back and say, please revise this, um, because chances are it it probably won't pass through at that point. So if they don't see potential right up front.
0: And that's really, I think, really helpful information for people who are considering or, you know, who have a dream of being traditionally published one day. Uh, so, if a person who's listening to this was like, well, okay, so I know agents are great and all, but like, how would I get an agent? Like, how do I secure an agent? Like, is there, like, what is the most, you know, up to date process or whatever for that? Mm-hmm.
1: So there's a few ways that somebody can secure an agent. One is to attend a writer's conference, either in person or a virtual conference where there are agents that are giving a presentation or doing a panel or making themselves available. Um, it's very appropriate for you to reach out and say, hey, I'd like to set a meeting up with you and um, or email um you know, an agent, if you have a particular agent in mind, I would say, go to the website of that agency and look at their submission guidelines of how they want you to reach out to them. Um, I mean, it's just really helpful to follow the protocol of what the agent, um, is saying that they, how they want to be contacted. And so, um, so that's one way is, is online conference or an in-person conference. Another, um, is that when, um, If you look inside of a book that's published by one of the authors that you, you know, maybe you have a lot of respect for, you're like, gosh, I wonder who this person worked with as an agent. So you can go inside the front cover of a book. Um, Sometimes you can just check this out on Amazon as well. You can look at generally in the first part of the book where there's the copyright information, it'll say published in association with, and it'll have an agency name. And so that's sometimes how people will contact And They're like, oh, okay, well, if that agency published that got that book published, maybe they would look at mine because mine's- the same category. Um, And so that's another way, or even in in the acknowledgements of a book, sometimes in the back of the book where there's acknowledgements, it'll say the name of an agent um, that they worked with. And so that's another way to find it. If you can't find it near the copyright information, the last, well, two more, two more ways. I would speak to your friends about who they're working with or or people that, you know, in the writing community and just say, Hey, who have you worked with? And have you enjoyed working with that agent? Do you recommend them and see if they'll introduce you um, via email? And then I think just, you know, the last resource that I'll offer is just the Christian writers market guide. So that's a, now it's an online guide that comes out once a year and in it, it has a list of agents and every, you know, like, so the agency will list the genres that they're looking okay. for. And so that's another good resource as well.
0: Cool. So here's an interesting thing. So in the world of blogging, like I lead a pretty large group of um, a pretty large community of bloggers. And so one of the things that happens really often is, you know, somebody will reach out to me and be like, Kim, I had this you know, kind of like publishing company or publisher reach out and say, you know, they like the things that I'm doing um, and they would like to talk to me about publishing a book. And a lot of times it's in my very visual uh, blogger category. So it's the DIYers, it's the crafters, it's the recipe, you know, like it's the, it's the cooking. Um, These kind of people are being, you know, reached out by these different publishers independently to say, Hey, like we like the work that you're doing, like the photos you're taking, all the stuff we really want to work with you on publishing a book Um, and so people are always asking me about that and in my experience you know like I'm used to working with you and then you pitching to a publisher and so in those instances I always kind of caution people um, with those situations because I say to them in my experience like you know, you, if you don't know what you're, if you don't really know what you're doing with the publishers, it's probably a good idea for you to at least reach out to an agent, tell them, hey, this publisher is interested in me and kind of get their feedback. I was like, because these public, you know, these agents are going to know how legitimate these publishers are. They're going to know, like, like, is there a common thing that is problematic? (laughs) You know what I mean? With these publishers or whatever it may be. Um, So what do you feel like, Number one, what do you feel like people should do if a publisher does reach out to them? And number two, like in your experience, are there any warnings or like red flags that people should be looking for if a
1: company is reaching out to them or just things they need to be aware of? Yes, definitely. So if a publisher does reach out to you, Um, as a writer, I think it's very helpful to, as Kim, just as you just mentioned, is to talk to an agent and just say, you know, I've got a publisher who's reached out to me. Can you verify that this is a legitimate publisher? They're not just trying to take my money or flatter me that they want to offer me a contract because that does happen. There are companies out there that they have key search terms. And if you're out there blogging, they're going to find you and they're going to contact you and ask you to write for their company. And I know of a number of companies that have done that and they're not reputable companies. Um, they will not give you the value of what your writing is worth. And so it is helpful to, to go to an agent and to say, hey, um, I have interest from a publisher and to tell them the publisher name so that they can give you some feedback. Um, but also at that point, if you have a publisher reaching out to you, um, depending on who the publisher is, if it's one of the main publishers that, that we know, in our industry, um, that is, that's a sign that you probably need an agent anyway, because when you get to that level of having people be interested in your work, you might have two or three publishers that are interested in your work and you don't really know which path is best to take, but an agent can tell you, well, I know the marketing behind this company. And I know that, you know, it's a, it's not very significant. It's not enough to probably even really be worth your time or they don't have marketing, um, you know, in the ways that you would expect traditional marketing or their editorial process is so long. It'll probably be two and a half years before your book comes out. Like we know these things about publishers. So that kind of information is really helpful upfront. And the way that you would do that is you would just reach out to an agent and just say, Hey, I would like to have, um, you know, a short phone call with you to talk to you about what, what I've been offered and get your take on that. And, yeah. um, you could be interested in working with me. Yeah. Um, red flags warnings. If, if they are asking you to purchase books, if they are saying we will, we will publish your book, but you need to buy X number of copies of books up front. Um, that, that is not a traditional publisher. That is a, um, you know, you could call it a hybrid or you might even call it, you know, just more of a um, vanity publishing, self-publishing with really just the flattery of, hey, saying we're going to publish you, but you right. have to help fund it. And so um, just be really, really careful. A lot of times, even, you know, when you look at contracts and if, if they send you a contract and you're looking at it and you're thinking, man, um, there's so much um, stringent rules here about what I can and can't do. And and they have, you know, three more books that they want me to work with them on before um, I would be able to offer it to anybody else like that. Those kinds of things are red flags like, you know, you want to be able to if you are working on a book. Um, with a publisher, you want the option to be able to pitch to them again, but you also want the option to be able to go elsewhere. And that's something that an agent will help you through um, what the option clause looks like um, in, in a contract. So anytime they're asking you to pay money or anytime they're trying to get you to commit to more than just this one book, but sign you up for a number of books and, you know, it, There's just, those are things that you, you want to be really cautious of and and typically not proceed with until you've talked with an agent to really verify if this is something that's in your favor.
0: One, one that came up one time that I thought was interesting, um, was I had a client who like when when I started working with her she had already signed with a publisher and basically like was saying that she didn't have the copyright to the book like she did all the pictures she did all the illustrations she did everything um, and her having the copyright wasn't part of it. And I know that like for my book, I was able to do that. Is that part of normal negotiation? Like, or is that something, you know, like, is that one of the things that would be a little bit weird
1: or not, not necessarily? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, for the most part, every publisher is going to assign the copyright in the author's name. Um, and, I've had one publisher out of a great number of publishers that kept it in their name. And their, their reasoning for that was that if, if they ever had to to go to court and there was ever something that they needed to address with any copyright infringement, then it would be in their name versus the author. And their, their piece of it was that if they did ever revert the rights and they would put it, the copyright back in the author's name, but that copyright gets registered, um, in the name of the publisher. And that's a process to get that changed over. And who knows if the publisher will actually do that or not. I did proceed with that publisher because my author really wanted to work with them for the type of book she was doing. They were a great partner for, um, and the books are still in print. So we haven't had to address that issue, but copyright will be in your name for the content of the book. Now, here's something else um, that an author is not able, and a publisher is not able to copyright a title um, for a book. what you can do if you are very set on having a specific title for your book or your brand um, is to, you know, apply for a trademark. And that's just something that you would do on your own as an author. That's not something that the publisher would do for you. So um, what you would do is you would go to the U S government trademark association and office, and you would apply for that on your own. And sometimes that's a good idea to have that, especially if it's your brand Mm -hmm. to apply for a trademark so that you could use it in a title. Um, you, You would want that but that again, that's something that you would pursue as the writer, but copyright should be in your name as the author. Okay.
0: One thing that I think people, you know, ask a lot about, especially like when you, if you get somebody who reaches out to you versus like a traditional publisher, you know, like, um, I've seen things like where the companies that reach out as publishers will say things like, we'll give you, you know, this, um, few thousand dollar advance, and then we give you this amount of royalties or whatever that may be. Um, and from our experience, like I understand that there's generally like an advance, which is a amount of money to write the book. And then there is um, once you sort of pay that back, like, can you explain kind of how um, traditional publishing compensation models work? I know that they get negotiated in different ways,
1: but like what's the most common Sure. So um, a lot of publishers will offer an advance, as you said, which is just earnest money up front. So usually two installments, one when you sign the contract. And then, so that's one installment, usually about a half um, up front when you sign a contract and then half when you turn in your book manuscript and they approve it. So it's not just when it turns in, but they have to approve it, read read through it and make sure that that it's acceptable. Um, so those are typically um, the two points in which a publisher will um, pay out. Sometimes a third one is added in there to split it three ways and that's when the book actually is published. Book comes out and so they'll split it three ways, um, those three different um, terms. So once the book earns back um, the cost that the publisher puts into it, which can be quite a lot, depending on the type of book, 20, 30, $50,000, depending on, you know, what kind of a book it is between their marketing costs, editorial costs, production costs, um, you know, all of that gets put into the factor of how they come up with an advance, of how many books they think they can sell, um, how quickly they'll make their money back. That all factors into if they're going to offer an advance. Not every publisher um, offers an advance, and so if you if you come across a publisher that isn't offering an advance, but they're offering you pretty decent royalties, um, that's that's sometimes where our publishers are right now. Due to COVID, a lot of publishers lost a lot of money, and so you know, there are some publishers that didn't lose as heavily as others, but not every publisher is going to offer an advance. Um, doesn't mean they don't believe in you, but that's just where their current finances are. So typically, so there is that, if there is an advance that comes in those three installments, two or three installments, and then what happens is they want to recoup those costs. And when they do, then the royalties start to kick in and royalties are like a percentage of the, the net income of the book. So depending on, you know, like you said, whatever's negotiated, um you would get a percentage um after you know any kind of returns have happened, the book gets returned to the publisher, after all their costs have been met, so you would get a percentage on every book. And it, you know, for most authors it's not a lot. Um you know, the more books you sell, the, the more you're going to get in return. Um, sometimes authors choose to sell their books on their own because they can potentially make more money selling their books yeah. on their own. And so that's not going to count towards your royalties. That's right. not going to count towards your book earning back the amount of money that they invested in you. That is you paying for your books and you selling them at the price that you determine you want to sell right. them for. But that is not going to go towards your investing the um, advance and the royalties. So um the, those are the the typical traditional models. Now, again, like I mentioned a minute ago, if someone, if a publisher is saying you need to pay X amount of money for us to publish your book, um, most traditional publishers will not, they don't ex- expect that. I mean, right. some will give you a better discount if you do order books upfront, but that's not typically how a traditional yeah. publishing model would work. Yeah,
0: so like for me, I know like after my book was published, um, like they reached out, at some point, And they were like, you know, here's, you know, you can, you can get copies of the book if you want at this, you know, price or whatever, and you can resell them on your own or whatever you want to do. And I know I ordered like several hundred of them so I could sell them through my own website. Um, you know, and so that, that was definitely something that I considered. So like, if you're listening to this and you're just like, just, just getting a better understanding of different ways that you can like earn income, monetize the books that you're writing. Like you're not just necessarily limited to like what the publisher gives you or sends you. Like you can also, um, you know, similar to a store buy your books at a particular price and then sell them like what like I said for like whatever you want. So, um, you know that's a way for you to recoup um income from what you've done on your own.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and and I think if you, you know, especially if you have ways to market your book and um it it always helps to have the author out talking about the book, promoting the book online and and you know, sometimes you're going to be your best advocate for the book. You know, the publisher will do so much, but sometimes you have more contacts with the potential readers than even the publisher. Yeah. Um so, so never underestimate the fact that you, you, you know, you can do a lot of promotions on your own and should um, to, to help sell the book overall. That's just going to, you know, give you more of an opportunity to perhaps do another book in the future. Um, yeah. The more that you're able to sell of that first book, publishers look at those numbers and look at how well the book did, and and that helps you be in a position where you might want to. Um, be able to work with a publisher or a different publisher for another book.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. So one last thing that I think is just interesting information <laughs> um, for people who are, you know, currently thinking to themselves or who have ever had a kind of a dream of like, I'd like to be traditionally published one day. Um, you know, like we talked about at the very beginning, things change. I mean, like COVID changed, like everything's changed. And so that's why I wanted to get you on the podcast today to kind of just give us a picture of like, what is it that publishers are currently looking for? Because I know like back when I got my, um, my contract, you know, that was back, I think when they were more heavily looking at blog traffic, email lists, things like that. And so I'm just curious as to like, how that has evolved. Because I think the last time that I was at a writing conference, I ran into my editor and I was chatting with her. And at that time, this was several years ago, you know, she was talking about podcasts were becoming a more prevalent number thing that they were looking at. Um, So what is the current state of kind of the getting published um, industry right now? Like what does, like what platforms are important to publishers? Like what information is helpful for them to make a decision about whether or not they want to invest in you as a writer and go forward?
1: So the main areas, um, haven't changed a whole lot, but, but there are, there are some key markers. And so I would say that the things that have not really changed to the fact that, um, Kim, like you had a newsletter, um, and, and those are really key for publishers to see that you are creating people who have said yes to your content, that they want what you have to offer. So newsletter subscribers, emails, however, however you want to term it, but your subscribers are, are really important because that is a list that you've created that have, that that's not going to go away. That's in your computer. That's not going to be hidden on social media. Um, Those are people that have said, yes, I want to receive what you have to offer, however frequently that is. So subscribers are really important. Um, Blogs still factor in. They still want to look at blogs or a website to see what kind of traffic you're getting to a designated space where you are writing or you're featuring your content in some way on a website. Um, So blogs and websites still important to show. Monthly traffic, but also from a yearly perspective, um, so a lot of times um, when publishers are making an offer to you, they're looking at what is going to sell in the first three to six months, but really over that first year, so it's helpful when you can show a year's worth of traffic on your site or on your blog because that gives a good picture of a you know potentially how many people are coming to you on an annual basis so mm-hmm. So one of the reasons that, that you'd want to include that in there is to just look at, you know, hey, over a 12-month period of time, here's how many people I'm reaching. In addition to newsletter and um, blog or website traffic, podcasts, just like this, podcasts are um, ways that publishers are seeing people purchase books. And so when when either you have a podcast and you're, you're getting a certain number of downloads, you want to be able to include how many downloads per month and annually and just give a sense of how your podcast has grown. And the same thing for Eva and your blog and newsletter is, uh, how, how much it's grown in the last couple of years or, or a year and what you're doing to grow it. Um, because a lot of times, you know, some people may come in with a smaller platform of, of those numbers, but if they can show how they're growing it, the publisher's like, wow, this person really knows what to do and they're growing. Yeah. Um, and so that, that helps. And then I would say the last area would be social media and, you know, I, I think there's been sort of this misconception that you have to have a huge following on social media in order for people to, um, for publishers to take you seriously. And, and yes, of course, the more people that you have, the, the larger the reach, but, but really it's about engagement. And I know you, you see this, Kim, and you talk about this too, that it's how many people are com- commenting on or sharing your post. Because when I go and look at someone online and I look at their social media and they might have 17,000 You know followers, but they have twenty-five comments, or or not even that many. I'm like, wow, people just aren't engaging with the content. So that that's a problem Um, when you don't have people that you have a large number of followers, but not as many people really commenting or sharing. So I would say, you know, it's it it is helpful to have a a a good group of people that have said yes to say I'm following your post, but but then also to get them to engage. And I think that's where, as a culture, that's probably what's changed. I mean we, we have some engagement, but a lot of people are still trying to navigate what it's like to maybe homeschool or, um, work two jobs or just barely keep up with life. And so you see not as much engagement for certain people. Um, and so trying to create a topic around a, your message around a book that people would engage with that increases your rate of of being able to show, Hey, you know, I've got this many people who were, this is a hot topic, um, or this went viral, you know, this topic, Mm -hmm. I put it on a certain, uh, social media site or a blog and got this many new subscribers to my, you know, email list, or I got, you know, 500 shares or whatever it might be, right. but trying to find a topic that resonates with people. And certainly that that attracts a publisher to you. So those, those are a lot of the metrics. I would say how it's changed in is that more people started writing during COVID. So all agents and publishers have gotten, you know, double or maybe triple the amount of submissions that we used to get because people were at home more and being creative and starting to write more. And so It really has gotten more competitive that Mm. publishers are really looking for people that understand and have a good sense of what it takes to be an author and are demonstrating that already, not just waiting for a book to come out before they demonstrate that. So the more that you can put together a solid marketing plan and an excellent book idea with with top-notch writing and just real creativity in, in your approach of your book that's going to get looked at more seriously than someone who's just brand new entering the field and, and hasn't really defined all these areas yet and, and is hoping that a book contract will help them do that where it really is the reverse nowadays. It, it's just so um, it, it's just so important for the author to do all a lot of the research and the planning and putting it out there before they would get yeah. picked up by a publisher. Sort of getting established to begin with instead of just trying to like,
0: think the book is going to be there your, their entrance into the world of success. (laughs) They need to kind of come in with some level of demonstration or whatever, like you were saying about growing and things. And that's, what's crazy too, is like, you know, for me, I think between meeting you, pitching to you and actually getting a contract, it was like a you know, I'm probably just slower than everybody else, but it was like a one and a half, two year journey between all the things that had to happen. And, you know, like I was able to significantly increase my email list in that time period, even though, like, because when I came in, I felt like I had a fairly strong email list, but I also, you know, was able to actually build that intentionally over the next few years while I waited for the book to come out. And just like you were saying, like, just be showing growth and be growth minded and things like that. And that's really helpful information. But I so appreciate your time. I'm sure you have so many things to go edit and look at and correspond with <laughs> at this point. So I just genuinely thank you for taking time out of your schedule because I know that you have you have twins of your own and a life of your own and you're on different time zones. So thanks again for all of your time, all of your input. Um, and you know where where can people find you and anything you want to share about your agency.
1: Yes, that's great. Thank you. Um, always happy to talk with you, Kim, and and just hope that this has been encouraging for people because, you know, while it sounds like, man, the odds are maybe against me that I might actually get picked up, you would be surprised that people that that really do the hard work and have creative ideas do get contracts. So I don't want anyone to feel discouraged by some of the things that we've talked about. If you want to talk further, if you have something that you would like for me to take a look at, you can email me and it's just submissions plural. So submissions at the Blythe B L Y T H E Daniel D-A-N-I-E-L agency dot com. So submissions at the Blythe Daniel Agency dot com and um you know, if there's a question that you have or something that you want to share with me, but that's that's a way to get in touch with me. And if you have any questions about, um, you know, what we're working on, I think the best thing is to look, our our website is um, in the process of getting updated, but we try to put as much as we can, either there on our Facebook page, um, the Black Daniel Agency on Facebook as well. So um, yeah, just thanks so much for having me, Kim. Yeah. All right, guys. So there you have it. If you've got an idea, you've now got
0: the direct email. (laughs) (laughs) of The Life of Daniels. So be thinking about it. Um, But thank you again. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a great day. Hey, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule today to hang out with me. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you are new to the idea of becoming a self-made writer and you want some help understanding how that kind of works in this day and age, I want to encourage you to follow the link in the show notes and get my free ebook, how to kickstart your writing career at any age or stage. And if you're a person who's already like, yeah, I've already kind of got this going, but I'm on the struggle bus for like how to do it consistently, like how to be successful at it, how to figure out how to educate myself about how to do this. I want to invite you to consider joining my school and squad community. And you'll find a link to that in the show notes as well. And you can go check out all the classes that I have, um, all the support that I have. We do stickers for people who actually do stuff and like make accomplishments and you are gonna earn points like we have this really awesome community that is super positive super supportive and everybody there is looking to be able to build an online writing career and we are all there to support each other on that journey and we would love for you to be a part of that group if you are not currently so please go check out that information I'll see you next time and remember whatever you do this week just keep writing